So hi, party people, whoever are listening to, you know, these two crazy ladies talking to one another. And welcome to the official first episode of Tarde de Amigas. You know, this is just episode one. We're going to be kind of talking about how we imagine the episode structures um, being. And we're also going to talk and, you know, dive into our topic for today, which is our our origin friendship story. Well, I guess the fans can decide what they want to call themselves, but for the moment, we kind of want to call you guys amiguitas. So that means girlfriends in Spanish in a cute, diminutive way, like Colombians like to speak. <laughs> yeah, we add ito and ita to everything that is possible. And I guess a little bit about myself. I'm a doctoral PhD student uh, at NYU. Um, I'm studying psychology. And another way that you can describe me is that I'm a vision scientist. So I study the eye, how you take in the world around you to try to understand the world around you. Um, more fun personal things. I'm a, I'm a pretty avid BTS fan, so I am an ARMY. My bias is Yoongi for those who care about that dimension of the world. Um, also astrology, because the Amante and I believe heavily in astrology. Um, I'm a Cancer Sun, a Pisces Moon, and a Scorpio Rising. So if you know anything about astrology, I'm a mess. I am an unbalanced mess. <laughs> and and the Amante, tell, tell the peoples about you. Okay, so hello everyone. Welcome to the pod. I feel like this is going to be just like shenanigans. So I'm very excited for that. As Elena said, my name is Diamante. I am currently a Mark. Oh my God. Hold on. I had to like think of my title for a second. It's okay. I'm she a... just changed jobs, everybody. So, so there you go. You're getting a fresh <laughs> new, introduction. New job. Who dis? A marketing operations manager. I'm just not going to disclose where I work just because I want to keep things private for a little bit. Went to CSI for a couple years. Hopefully soon I'll be finishing my BA and it'll be in Espanol, of course, because I obviously wanted to get a piece of paper and something that I've known how to do my entire life. I guess like on a personal note, I do content creation on the side. So a little bit of YouTube, a little bit of TikTok. That's kind of my jam. Instagram, serving moments whenever I can. An avid Bad Bunny fan or a Toxica. And... Salsa dancer by night. What else? Oh, Cancer Sun, Virgo Moon, and Gemini Rising. So very much chaotic chart. But yeah, that's um, a little bit about me. Yeah. So like Diamante and I have been friends since, what, like 2011? 2010. 2010? 2010. 2010. 2010. 2010. Oh my God, wait, we miss our decade. Oh, well. We miss it. We'll, we'll catch it on the next decade. We'll it's, still be it's friends. COVID. It's, it's COVID. We blame like, COVID. Time doesn't exist. <laughs> we blame the COVID. But, you know, we've been thinking about doing this podcast um, for a couple months now. And, you know, kind of the motivation behind us deciding to make a podcast is that, you know, we've had a very long friendship. I think that what's special about our friendship is that the friendship has grown up as we've grown up. And I think friendship, especially at times, can be difficult to maintain, like just while you exist in life and move through milestones, like both personal milestones and like professional milestones. So we wanted to create this podcast, not just to celebrate our friendship, 
but also to keep others company while we chat. And hopefully our community, within our community, people can meet like-minded, friendly people and maybe build their own connections. Um, yeah, and let's, and let's also just highlight that adulthood is like messy as hell. And like we've been discovering this as we've gotten older, I think, like just the sense of like perspective where we realized, hey, remember 10 years ago when we thought that whatever we were going through. That we knew anything. Yeah, that we knew anything. And so like, it's like, we thought that those problems in high school were big problems. And now we're discovering that we were only skimming the surface. Yeah, And yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a lot of uh, reflection and learning and navigating our 20s. I would say hundred percent. And I guess for, for reference, I'm, I'm 27 right now, turning 28 this year. And the amount is a little younger than me. Only slightly. I know. Um, tw- I feel like I've lived a lot of lives though. Cause I'm like an old soul. We're both old but, souls. Um, yeah. <laughs> 25 going on 26 also in June. As you can imagine, this is why our friendship is as functional as it is. Cancer, We're both cancers. What's your sign? I'm a cancer. So yeah, Diamante, would you like to explain to the amiguitas why we decided to title our podcast? What we yes. did? Yes. So um, actually, we have to give the credit to Miss Lena. That's true. Because, yeah, because she was actually the one who came up with the title. Elena and I were talking as we usually do. I was giving Elena a small life update one day and somehow we started talking about like drunk history and I forgot like what other tangent we were going down. But she was home for the holidays to see her parents and we were just like, we should start a podcast. Like that would be a great way for us to have like insurance on making sure that like a lot of time hasn't gone by since we've spoken to each other. That's so this is like a yeah, this is like a way for us to have like um guarantee that we're not gonna go like three months without talking. Yes. <laughs> and um we were kind of like I feel like other people would love to hear our thoughts on everyday isms, politics, whatever else we decide to speak about. And then Elena asked her mom, or I guess like mentioned it to her mom while we were on FaceTime. And her mom was like, yeah, you guys should totally start a podcast. And so that's kind of how the idea was born. And we were like, but what would we name it? Because we want to make sure that we kind of cater to our Latinidad. And of course, like we're both Colombian and we wanted to have something that other Colombians would know. So her mom said that we should call the podcast Tarte de Amigas, which in English means Afternoon of Friends. And what it is, is it's basically kind of like this little Colombianismo that's like going out with girlfriends, getting coffee or whatever kind of pastry that you like, and just catching up about life because that's really like what a lot of uh, Latin America 
kind of like instills in you in their lifestyle where it's kind of like taking a moment to just like be and talk about life and be present for others. And I feel like we can all kind of learn that, especially with how busy things are here in the States. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's kind of how it, it got started. Yeah. And I guess for just for the, the peoples, Lena is my mom, um, a, a baddie in herself. We, we love Lena. We love my mom. All hail um, Queen Lena. All hail Queen Lena. Just to, you know, how we're thinking about structuring the show, you know, at the top of the show, we'll talk about, we'll catch up for a week any personal stories we want to divulge um, that happened during our week, maybe also disclose what kind of snacks and drinks we're indulging in while recording. Um, and then for each episode, we'll also have an organized topic of discussion. Now, over the weeks of planning and thinking about this podcast, we've come up with an extensive list of topics that we wish to cover that are both personal and like world relevant topics, topics like relationship, mental and physical health, politics, education, Latin culture are all things that you can look forward to um, while listening to this podcast. And as for our topic for today, as you might get from the title of this episode, is our origin story of how we met and how our relationship has grown throughout the years. And let's hear what you're drinking today, what you're eating. So I'm not eating anything because I basically made brunch for myself, but it was an arepa, just to keep with the, the relevant theme. For those who don't know what an arepa is, it's basically like a... Uh, I always describe it as just like, because people don't really know Colombian food, they know Mexican food. I, I say like a thick tortilla. So yeah, it's kind of like, I also kind of describe it as either a tortilla, oh my god. Or as a um, Colombian pancake that's mm. made out of corn. That's a good that's, one, too. But it's basically yeah. for the peoples. It's like a thick corn pancake or a corn tortilla. And then you put our traditional white cheese, which is like a little bit salty. And then you can kind of eat them for any meal, really. But in order to make it breakfasty, I made scrambled eggs with tomato and some red chili flakes and it was a very wholesome breakfast it sounds amazing i'm having well this is like the remains of my very much watery coffee i am a iced coffee queen i don't care how cold it is i'm always gonna have iced coffee i always have iced coffee this is a nice coffee yes it's... this is a hair i'm like i don't even know this is how bad like my brain is like from this trauma of like living through major historical events. <laughs> it's a caramel latte with almond milk, not because I'm lactose intolerant, because I am not, thank God. Just because number one, I like the taste, and two, I'm trying to watch what I'm eating because vacation is approaching very soon and I do not want to inhale unnecessary calories. And the rest of this is a small donut. So I decided today to honor my Northeastern roots and get a Duncan, but I strongly prefer Starbucks. Maybe that makes me a snob, but that's just my personal opinion. Starbucks and, is good. Yeah. It just always feels like rocket fuel to me. Like I always feel like my heart goes like pitter patter, pitter patter. 
and I have Starbucks coffee. <laughs> I'm just like, this is my afternoon cup. We're chilling. But okay. this is also because I've been drinking coffee since like I've been able to put it in a bottle. So I feel that. Mine is Cafe Bustendo that I made in my French press. <laughs> and We love a French press queen. I don't have one of those, but when I used to, when I did a brief stint as a barista, mm. um, I learned how to uh, like somewhat use one but a lot of people wouldn't ask for those so we love a french really press. Make them. Yeah. so in terms of our origin story we're both new york baddies the amanth is a, a transplant i i'm a native but we're we still spent extremely formative years aka all of our education basically <laughs> literally Can all of really it really count me as a transplant like yes miami born somewhat raised all my 305 people what up fellow kendall girl here i had a green student metro card so i exactly. feel like i like i'm a new yorker i yeah. feel that way honestly that's that that should be the sign if you had the green student like subway card that's it you're you're a... I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to pop it in like when I'm editing this somewhere here so you guys oh, yeah. can like know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Also, this is just a PSA. If you are not from New York and you are saying bing bong without knowing what it means, please stop. Oh my God, please stop. <laughs> please stop. Bing bong is not for everyone. Okay. It's not. It's not. I don't want to be like gatekeeping, but yes, <laughs> I, I want to gatekeep some things. It's also raising the price of a bacon, egg, and cheese. Deadass. So please stop. <laughs> Deadass. Please stop. Yes. We went to high school in New York City. We went to Francis Lewis High School, which is in Queens. Please not to be mistaken for St. Francis Prep. That was the private school across the highway. I didn't pay for school, so. Oh, no, no. <laughs> we, we were in the regular, decular public education system. Um... We love a good NYC DOE moment. It was more so that like Francis Lewis, our school would always get confused with St. Francis Prep because they were literally across the highway. And the reason why everyone knows about St. Francis Prep is because those were the people that brought back swine flu from their senior trip in Mexico. So everyone would be like, oh my God, are you the, are you the kids that brought swine flu to America? And we're like, mm -mm, those were the preppy rich kids across the highway. It wasn't us. Was it swine flu or was it Ebola? Because no, it was swine flu. It oh, was swine okay. Flu. I was like, it was one of those that that I thought was going to be like a pandemic, right? Like before I even knew what a pandemic was. Dead ass. And then um, here we are. Here we are. Yeah, the the writers of 2020, 2021, and 2022 have really put their whole put their whole oozy into it with yes. writing. <laughs> so if we if we want to paint the picture of what I guess or where Francis Lewis is, Utopia Parkway, Fresh Meadows, near the AMC Fresh Meadows, that's like my your landmark. Like my, my pinpoint. Yeah. I guess we should kind of talk about like the setting of Franny. I'm class of 2014. Elena is class of 2013. Predominantly Asian. I would say what it was like 60% at the time majority I thought it was like 70 oh well maybe, maybe more okay yeah. 60 to 70 percent mm -hmm. mainly Korean and Chinese for the most part 
and 4,500 people at the time. I don't know how, like we, I don't know how we navigated that fire hazard, but we did. Um, and yeah, and I guess I'll kind of talk about how I, I wound up at Franny and then you can. Originally, when I moved to New York, I grew up in like the Astoria, Long Island City um, area. And I went to PS76 and then I really wanted to go to magnet school for junior high because I was really trying to have my save the last dance moment and be, be very much a dancer which maybe we'll do like a whole separate episode about like the arts afterwards. So I went to IS-126 and I was in the dance and world culture program. And then it came the time for me to pick where I was going to go to high school because (laughs) the New York City education system like makes you apply to where you want to go to high school. And my mom was like, I really don't want you to go to LIC high school. Like they have a nursery. And we moved around a lot during this time, but my mom always kept me in the same school district. So a lot of my friends, like growing up, that went with me to the Variety Boys and Girls Club of Queens. My friends will probably listen to to this at some point, but they've been my friends for like, what? I would say now it's, we're going on like almost 20 years. Like I went to school with all those same people. It was going to be a big change for me, big shift. So I auditioned for a couple of like the performing arts schools. But I didn't get in. Unfortunately, I did not have what it took to be America's next top model. But, um, <laughs> want to be on top? Just, <laughs> yes. Can you, no, but can you just imagine rejection as like an eighth grader? Cause, oh, like, yeah. That's, that's yeah. very much the energy. Okay. But yeah. I will say pursuing the arts in New York City is like character building. So it's I was humbling. Like, you know what? Yes, it's very it's very humbling to say the least. Can you just imagine me a Gemini stellium like needing to be humbled? Yeah, Let, yeah. Let's talk about it. I was like, I guess I'll see like what other schools have and I was really into like anime and like Japanese stuff at the time. So I originally went into Franny to take Japanese. So that's why I actually got into Franny. I think it was oh, I forgot like what the what the program was but it was basically because you had to apply to a program like Mm. it's like college I went in and I applied for it was like the only one that you could apply for that like wasn't like within the district and it was like focused around language I don't remember what it is at this point but it was because I wanted to take Japanese wasn't it wasn't it the Latin scholars program no it was like because that's what was was I it was in I think it was something else it was like language I forgot what it was called okay like I would need, like I would need to pull out like that little yellow pages Word. that we had yeah <laughs> for like the like the people of New York City are gonna know what I'm talking about because yeah. otherwise like this is just not gonna make sense yeah um it's very niche but yes. um yeah so whatever it was called long story short I took Japanese for like a month or two and then I realized it was entirely too hard and I was just like There's just no way that like, I mean, this was like my limiting beliefs in high school, but I was just like, there's no way that I can freaking like learn a new language and adjust to being in high school Mm -hmm. and all the social pressures of that. And yeah, I'm like, I'm just not going to do it. Like I was very much the child in high school that like I went to class, I paid attention. I did my homework. I did not have to study for tests. 
and I wanted to keep it that way. Yep. Okay. I just wanted to exist. Yeah. And that's it. So, um, that should be enough. In, yes. <laughs> and I was still in an A plus student because at the time, mm -hmm. like my bare minimum <laughs> was a hundred percent in teacher's eyes. So right. then once I finished that, then R.I.P. Kimura Sensei. I don't think she's dead, but just like me being in the class. Yeah. Um, I was like, Let, let's just switch to Spanish because this is going to be an easy A. Like, I, like whatever. Yeah. It's going to be an easy A. We'll just do it. So this is how I wound up in Miss Silvera's class. And so, yeah, uh, I wound up in a, a Spanish 2 class. I did not have to take a proficiency exam. They realized that I was a native. And then they were like, yeah, we can't put you in Spanish 1. So we're just going to put you in Spanish 2. So me, a freshman in a sophomore level class, which was like already a norm for me because I was already taking like high school classes in middle school. Mm -hmm. So I was already like considered... Um, accelerated or advanced uh in high school so how i wind up at franny yes the new york city public education system likes to do things a little different with applying to high schools i didn't get into my first choice and that was my first experience with rejection <laughs> where, where was your first choice i wanted to go to townsend harris like as if my life depended on it what because... oh my god my mom made me apply to that school and i was like mom like i really i don't want to go here like i just feel like this is for like baby einsteins mm -hmm. and that's not me like i'm smart yeah but i was like yeah no yeah no. i'm so, glad we had the same experience yes so but i really wanted to get in because you know it's a really good school with a great reputation. Um, and yeah, my, I kind of like ran, well, I always did, but I always ran with the nerds in school. Um, and like no one in my friend group in middle school got in and we were all kind of like the, the, the smarter kids in our middle school. So we were just like, how dare they not want to take us? But now it's just like, yeah, you're competing with literally thousands of kids that are all smart. Um, so it doesn't matter. So I went to Francis Lewis, which, as the Amantha said, is huge. I like there were, like she said, like 4,500 people there. My graduating class alone was 1,080 students. I was one of 1,080 students. Yeah, so it was absolutely massive. But yeah, I ended up going there just because. So I guess. I mean, we're going to have a whole podcast episode on the New York City education system, but usually how it works is that the bigger the school is, the more funding they get with like tax dollars and stuff. So while Francis Lewis is massive, they also get a lot of funding. So they have literally the craziest variety of classes that I have ever seen in my life. And I got in, you know, especially like language classes, like the Amanda said, you know, that she was interested in Japanese. We also had Korean, Chinese, Latin, Spanish, Italian. We, we've literally had every language that imaginable offered and taught at a at a, an amazing um, quality level. But I got in as a Latin as a Latin scholar. So my our high school had Latin. Yes, the the dead language we had Latin. I studied Latin for four years in high school. And part of the Latin scholars is that you had to take Latin all four years and also an additional language. And I 
Latin was already hard. If you can imagine learning a language where there are no more native speakers, yeah, it was hard. Um, so I wanted to take a language that was just easy, and that was Spanish. So you had to take four years, actually technically three years of Latin, but then I did an extra year just because... We love an overachiever. An overachiever. And it wasn't even an official class. It was me translating chapters of Oedipus in English, like from original Latin to English, and then my Latin teacher would check them. And that was like my independent study. It wasn't even an official class. <laughs> yeah, it was like Oedipus and the Odyssey. Those were the texts that I translated. Just to like keep it fresh. Because I wanted to keep it fresh because, you know, they say that it helps for the SAT. It doesn't. <laughs> I'm telling you now, it doesn't. <laughs> but whatever. So then I took Spanish because I just wanted something easy because I was already taking Latin and I was already taking, like, I was like a STEM focus kind of person. So I was already taking like all the APs because I kind of maxed out in the sciences and then had to start APs quite early. So I just wanted an easy second language because that was a requirement for the program that I was in in high school. So that's how I ended up in Spanish too, where I met this gal. We actually wound up sitting next to each other. Yes. And we didn't realize that we were going to become best friends. No, we didn't realize that seating chart, you know, there you go. Shout out Miss Silvera. Yeah, I really didn't like her. She's I also unpleasant. didn't like her. Sorry. Yeah, I have to. Sorry, I have to say this. I can say this now 10 years in because yeah. let me tell you something. I took a test one time with her. And ever since then, I've always put an accent mark on my name because I'm like effing triggered. But I like we took we took a test and I thought I did well on the test. She gave me like minus three points because there was no accent on the A in my last name. Yeah. So just some, she was a hater. She was a player hater and she did not like my Gemini rising energy to say the least. Everybody else thought I was hilarious and she really couldn't say anything to me because I was still doing well in her class yeah. and I was doing so well in her class. <laughs> Yeah. And I was helping all the other students around me succeed. Yes. So she just, she was a player hater. Like, I have to say it. Like, the only thing we can give her credit for is for placing us next to each right. other. Is for, is for giving that. us the setting. Yeah, yeah. She, she gave us the setting. She set it up. Yeah, she, she was very unpleasant. I also, like, I feel like I didn't have a good Spanish teacher until Miss Carrera. Like, mm -hmm. I don't care what anybody says. Like, she was always, like, my go-to gal. And yeah. me and Miss Carrera, we're still friends on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And we still check in. And mm -hmm. she's one of, like, my, my favorite teachers from high school that really left mm -hmm. a long-lasting mark on me. But, yeah, like, me and Miss Silvera, not friends. Yeah, we had beef. My but we had, like, mm -hmm. but we had a lot of fun projects, mm -hmm. and I, I remember one specifically that me and Elena did in that class, and we had to like come up with our own product and market oh God, it yes. in Spanish, and so we. I forgot we about this. <laughs> we literally we what was it like the okay, sham guau it was a sham guau like sham wow but in spanish guau 
Yeah. So, yeah. It was amazing. So, it was amazing. So, we have to say that I don't feel like I learned much in that class, aside from I now put accents on my last name all the time. And I met Elena. Yep. And, yeah. They don't know the least about the Fusquam Perfecto. I don't know anything about the Fusquam Perfecto. No one asked me. Here we are. So that was the motivation. Yeah. And but... she was such a hater that she gave me a 99. I never got 100 in that class. It's I like a robbed. It's less that she was. Robbed. It's less that she was a hater and more so, like, I don't know. It's just like Spanish teachers that are Spanish from Spain are just different like they're very like like very like harsh and i think like pretty biased when they encounter like latin american cultures that speak the language of the colonizer and then we decide to do our own things with it that's that's where i think the tea is coming from that um, is where the tea is coming from and she was just mad because i never wanted to use vosotros let me tell you something unless i'm either from spain right or from Argentina. I'm right. not using I'm not using it. Yeah, it's just it's unnecessary. It's it's truly unnecessary. You know, this is kind of like across like Spanish culture just in general, like Spanish Latin American, like Spanish the language kind of development. Like we don't have agreement in how to call anything the same thing. Like so I remember we had one assignment. I think it was like describe your last birthday something like that in Spanish, like write like a page or something about the last birthday party that you either attended or you had for yourself. And I had a line in, in that paragraph where I said, you know, and then they brought out the cake. So, and then they brought out the torta, which is how we call cake in Spanish. Some culture countries call it like pastel or like whatever. Biscocho, that's Be another one whatever we we can't have straw isn't even worse variation it's so bad <laughs> of how we have failed i just like remember that tiktok where it just went all throughout be like okay this is like the meeting on what to call straws but whatever so i used the word torta and i guess for her in spain torta means prostitute so next to that sentence in my Spanish composition, she put a circle question mark and she said, see me, like after class. She thought that I would actually say in a Spanish composition for a birthday party, then they brought out the prostitute. So I don't know, the math isn't mathing as they would say. And then I explained to her that that's how we say cake in Colombia. And she so, was ready to call CPS. She was like, she was ready to like do something. She was. That's how we met. And then uh, yes, I graduated in 2000, 2013 and then I went to NYU. And then the followed shortly after in 2014 and then was swallowed by Staten Island. Yeah, <laughs> I I was very much in <laughs> I was very much inspired. I wanted to be uh, the next member of the Jersey Shore. I'm kidding. I wanted. I didn't want to go to upstate. Like I just had no desire for that. I had wanted to like yeah. a couple of colleges. 
I applied to Syracuse because I thought like that one would be cool, but I didn't get in. Blessing in disguise because Syracuse is very, very expensive. But um, I applied to a couple of other places. Like I applied to FIU, which was my mom's alma mater. And I applied to a couple of schools in California. It was always my dream to live on the West Coast. But I didn't get in. And so I needed what they call safety school. Yeah. So I applied for Queens College. And surprisingly, I don't remember getting in. I'm going to be really honest. I don't remember getting in. And it was weird because it was like, I had good grades and I was like, literally in honors, like I was in Gateway. No, because that that would always happen that it's like, you would have schools as your safety school, but sometimes they're too much of a safety where they just reject you because they know that you'll go some, they they know that you'll get in somewhere better and then not go to them. Yeah, I was like, it's weird. I was like, okay, Queens College, like, you don't want my money. Looking back on it, that probably would have been my best choice school wise. Mm. Or like, like, if I would have applied for St. John's. Mm. I don't know. I just like, I wasn't a fan of the campus. Like, I was already taking college classes there. Oh, and I was taking college classes at John Jay, which I had gotten into John Jay, but I really did not want to commute. Like, I didn't, like, I was tired because I was commuting from Rockway Beach all the way to Fresh Meadows. And it was like, in the morning, it would be two buses which was like two hours. And then in like, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say in the evening because by the time I got to senior year, I think I was only in school until like one Mm o'clock and then I would just go home. But it was crazy because like, I was actually supposed to, like, I wanted to finish my junior year and I had enough credits to finish my junior year. So my senior year was just like BS classes. My mom wanted me to have the senior experience, which is why I stayed. I stayed for mom, but I really wanted to finish my junior year. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I would just take classes. I think it was like literally for like four hours and then come home. And then it would be a bus, a train, and then I think another bus. I think a bus, a train, and then another bus. I remember. No, it was wild. Yeah, it was like a bus, a train, another bus. If not, it was two buses and two trains. I can't remember like what the order was. But yeah, yeah, I was commuting so much that I was like, I really don't want to do this in college. I would like to be on campus somewhere. So I wound up picking CSI because at the time they had just like uh, built the student dorms Mm -hmm. and they weren't like the normal student dorms. They were like little apartments, like little suites almost. I wound up getting a tour from someone who also went to Francis Lewis, who knows Elena, which she will not be named because that is Lord Voldemort T. She wound up giving me a tour. Mm-hmm. We, me and my mom wound up liking it. And then like the same day we wound up putting a deposit and that was how I wound up there which it was kind of hard for me because I was not used to not like being around my mom all the time. So living alone was like a really tough shift for me. Especially at that age. Yeah, especially at that age because it was literally always just me and my mom. But yeah, that's how I wound up at CSI. And I went there for two years. And then um, my junior year, I tried to go back. But I had like a lot of traumatic things happening back to back. And so I have not been back since then. 
but luckily I have been able to somehow navigate like the corporate world without like needing the college experience. So by the time I go back, I am kind of like doing things backwards, but I don't want to like not finish something I started. And also because it would just mean a lot to my family since I would be the first person that has a college degree. And I want to set that precedent for my kids that you can like do anything that you put your mind to and that like you can always come back to something like paths in life are not linear. Oh my God, that commuting to Francis Lewis was like X Games mode. Like it it was, it was so I grew up in Jackson Heights, Jackson Heights, Queens. It's like middle of Jackson Heights. And then AKA Little Columbia. Little Columbia which was next to Little India, which was then next to Little China. Honestly, I have to say, Jackson Heights has the best food, but I'm also, like, because I remember in, like, earlier years, I would always say, like, oh, my God, Jackson Heights is the best neighborhood in New York, blah, 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 blah. Now I am no longer advertising Jackson Heights because I don't want people to move there because I want to buy property there one day. So I don't want people to move there. We're gatekeeping Jackson Heights. I am gatekeeping Jackson Heights. Jackson Heights is for the baddies and for the people who actually grew up there. Please don't move to Jackson Heights. Like, pick, like, Hell's Kitchen or something, please. Like, just go there. Yeah, so I went to NYU for undergrad, and I went to NYU through the Opportunities Program. So how it works is that certain schools that work with the New York State government have funded seats by the New York State government at these universities. So, like, a lot of people, like, especially when my mom was telling them that I got into NYU, et cetera, because, you know, she was proud, you know, being a single mom and an immigrant, you know, to go to have, like, an offspring to go to a quote-unquote fancy university. And a lot of people just, like, downplayed the accomplishment, saying that it was affirmative action or whatever. And it's like, no, it is it is not affirmative action. The traditional, typical NYU student wouldn't have access to those seats. They were funded by the state of New York and could only be occupied by people who were New York state residents and of a minority status. So sorry, your, your, bra- your Barbara, Brad, or whatever, never had access to the seat that I occupied. From Wisconsin. From, from places in America that aren't interesting. <laughs> sorry, dropping the, the, the real tea. So yeah, I went to the opportunities program in my undergrad and I majored, I majored, so I started as pre-med, dropped that because maybe that could be another episode, but like, uh, pre-med is just, I'm not a, I'm not an innately competitive person. I think that if you work hard enough, there are enough opportunities for everyone that works hard enough. That's just like, personally for me and pre-med can just be like very unnecessarily catty and competitive. So I left and then, yeah, so I ended up majoring in psychology and then I got two minors, one in linguistics and one in art history, because I love art in a different life. I would be a museum curator, but here we are. And then I did my master's at NYU as well, where I specialized in cognition psychology. So I always describe to people that it's like, my areas of psychology we care less about how you're how you feel and more about how your brain is working so it's almost like if psychology and neuroscience had a baby those are that's kind of like my field of study and yeah met great people during my masters and 
now I'm still at NYU doing my doctorate. Maybe I'll keep who I'm working with a, a private for now, but holistically, it's a really great experience and I'm really grateful to be working with this person. And yeah, and I'm a third year in my program. It'll probably take me six years to complete it. I'm still I'm still trying to do the traditional five year length, but with COVID, you know, it kind of messed a whole lot of things up. There's there's no rush, baby girl. I we'll know. still we'll still be here when you when you get your doctor. We will still be here. Please stay tuned for the end of this bloody degree. Will I finish this degree or will my degree finish me? I don't know. Um, I didn't even say what I went into school for. Yeah. I should probably. Okay. So originally when I applied to school, I was like, I think criminal justice, I think that's what I want to do. And then I I remember that shifted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I quickly shifted and I was like, I think I'm watching too much SVU. So then I was like pre-law going to declare pre-law because I really wanted to go into the field of law. And then when I got to CSI, I realized that it was just very much male-dominated. And so at that point, I was like, what am I going to do? But I had had two scholarships. Like when I first went into school, I had one for Comité Noviembre, which is a scholarship for New York City students who are of Puerto Rican descent, who have made a positive impact in the community. So I had that one. And then I had, it was known as like the New York City Council Merit Scholarship. It's now known as like the Peter F. Valone Scholarship, which is only given to like a certain amount of New York City students for like maintaining a certain grade average. Uh, so those were just like the two. So I, ha- I felt like I had like a lot of pressure to like pick something that was going to be like white collar I guess yeah. like something that was going to be like very professional and yeah so I re- I was like oh like I really don't know if I want to go into law giving that news to my mom was kind of like hard because she was she was counting on me becoming a lawyer she was counting on me becoming the Kim Kardashian of the family <laughs> but um yeah and then I went through like a brief stint where I was like, maybe I'll just be a teacher. I think that's what I want to do, work with kids. Like, I really wanted to possibly teach high school. So that's how I wound up get like, um, shifting over to Spanish because I was already taking language classes since, like, you have to take them for gen ed anyway. So I went through that period. And then I had gotten certification in Latin American and Caribbean studies. And then I was like, mm, I don't know if I still want to be a teacher, but at this point, I don't want to switch my degree. At this point, professionally, I don't know <laughs> what I'm supposed to do with my Spanish degree. At this point, when I will have graduated, I'll have my major in Spanish language and I'll have a double minor in political science and Caribbean and Latin American studies. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do with this said degree, I'm going to just hang it in yeah. my house. Yep. And uh, yeah, because I'm not really doing anything with that now professionally since I work in, I guess, marketing. Yeah, I've, I've, I guess like it's really more just like I started this, I finished it. So that's kind of what it is. Now, I have recently picked up the law bug somewhere along the lines again. So I've been entertaining the thought of maybe going to law school but then I'm like look how long it's going to take me to finish my bachelor's do I really want to do that again the answer is probably no because my mental health is like way more important which is why I give Elena so much props because 
she has just been a, a schoolgirl her most of her life. We just keep going um, through it. We just keep signing yeah. up for more, you know. But then, but then after this, you'll be done. I really bloody hope so. <laughs> yeah, I think after this, you'll be done, and then we can get very drunk and celebrate. Oh my god! But yeah, <laughs> I will get blackout. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Hoping that by the time I finish my college degree, I will already be a full-time content creator because that is my dream. Like Mm -hmm. I want to not be a corporate baddie anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to work for myself and really be creative, which is why I'm happy that we're like doing this podcast because this is just another outlet for me to be able to be creative. So we love that. Sometimes life has like a weird way of working itself out. So yeah. No, it all works out. And I think like, I guess for, for the peoples, like when you start a PhD, you kind of have two different paths that you can take. And that's why I ended up staying at NYU for my PhD, because I also had an offer um, somewhere else. But NYU really prepares you both for if you want an academic job, like being a professor at a university, XYZ. Or at least for my bubble of science, there are many applications that companies find, that tech companies really find attractive. And while I hate that the pandemic delayed things, and while I I wish it didn't happen overall, I think it gave us all a lot of time to reflect on kind of what we want to prioritize in life and what we want to focus our energy in. And when I first started my doctorate, I wanted that academic job. I wanted to be a professor. I wanted to have my own lab. And everything and like i guess diverging from the desires that diamante wants i do want to be a corporate baddie like i want to work for these tech companies i want to be the head of whatever you know team whether it be like research and development or ux or whatever i, I want to be that corporate baddie I, I i'm ready i already have the outfits in mind so like we're already halfway there right uh- <laughs> very much d <laughs> you know I'm just saying that the outfit really can help. But yeah, so that's, I'm trying to make moves in that space in terms of networking and stuff, just because not only networking, you know, for connections for jobs in the future, but also just hearing people's experiences just to confirm for myself that that's really what I want. But yeah, hopefully this is my last degree. I'm tired. I have been in school. <laughs> I don't think there's anywhere else you can go from here unless you're I guess trying I- to be like a a jedi master i do have to say that i do have to say that i envision that maybe when i'm like 50 or 60 years old to get a master's in fine arts for art history and for art conservation that would be amazing that would be my ideal final degree just because i love art history in a different life i would be an art historian and working at a museum and i kind of want to still fulfill that part in me the next portion of this is how we're more sisters than best friends shifting gears a little bit that's the next portion of our schedule for today yeah so then you know at least for me we love lena that is my mom we have already plugged her in here and so i'm an only child that that's that could be one thing. And my mom has a lot of love to give. And Diamante is a very easy, lovable person. Um, and because of uh, certain things that happen in Diamante's life that 
maybe that could be another podcast episode or it could just be none of y'all's business um we will we'll entertain the pot at some point with my well with how 2016 what i would say no we have to go it would i would say the 2014 to 2016 period of my life where my that was my villain era yes so things things happened and my mom just swooped in and basically informally adopted diamante and like let's put it this way like my mom and diamante talk independently of me like I, like they talk about things that i don't and i don't know if they're talking to one another like like they, they have their own situation and Diamante's always invited to Christmas, New Year's, birthdays, everything. Always invited. And also her boyfriend I, Lou is also invited. Yeah. To and everything. like I went and like I went to Lena and Bill's wedding. Yes. They went to my parents' wedding. They got married. Honestly, the timing was just immaculate. They got married in September of 2019. And so many people that attended their wedding were like, that was our you know, one of our, like, final, like, happy celebratory moments before the pandemic happened, and, you know, especially now with so many people trying to get married, and yeah, I'm happy that it happened when it did, retrospectively. And a beautiful wedding it was, but, and the family treats me like I'm an extended member of the family. I will attribute a big part of this to the length of time me and Elena have been friends, but also because our stories are so similar, like I mentioned this already, but we're both Colombian, we're both from Medellin, and our moms literally had us at the same age. We were both raised by single moms, both in Queens, and just having that like similar upbringing, I think, brought us close very early on. And it's so cute because Elena's stepdad, his name is Bill, he always loves to say, cancer man that he is he's always like I just always knew that you guys would be best friends for such a long time like even when I first met you like I always knew and I was just like that's so cute like because I mean Elena and I we were not thinking like what friendship would look like 10 years from now but yeah and like I think the big thing about like us really having I guess like sister energy is that like I know if I ever thing and Linda's like the kind of person that like I can just call and she's there like I always kind of compare like certain friendships in my life with like who can I call at three o'clock in the morning if like my tire blew out on the highway and I need somebody to come and rescue me. And Elena is one of those people because like, I don't like have to go through all the niceties with her. Like I can just tell her like, I need this and she's willing to help. It doesn't matter how much time passes. Like the friendship is always there. Like we always kind of just like pick right back up where we left off. It's a very mature friendship that has kind of like aged with us yeah no it just like it grew up with us and i think especially like the amount is also one of those people for me that like if push 
comes to shove, she will roll up. I think that's both of our, I think honestly, that's probably one of the big contributing factors like to why this friendship has lasted so long because we both, we both show up. Like it doesn't matter like what's going on in our individual lives. Like it's like, oh, this is full attention to the situation we need to help or, you know, help in whatever capacity, like personal time, etc. And I mean, you are a sister to me. I, I, I honestly don't feel like an only child because I'm just like, oh, well, like the Amate, my best friend, but I'm also like, it's not really best friend. It's like, it, it, it really is sister, soulmate, whatever yes. you want to call it. Yeah. And I can say the same, like from not just from Elena's perspective, but also from my perspective, like Elena, like she always used to talk to me in the summers when I would be in Colombia with my grandparents. Like my grandparents knew who she was. My mom, of course, knew who she was. And like Elena was in a way an extension of my family because I mean, there were times like early on when we were talking about like maybe Elena coming to Colombia for a couple of weeks and spending like part of the summer with me. Like Elena has always been an extended member of my family as well. And so that's why we really are more like hermanas. It's been like a friendship that I'm for sure, like when I write down like my gratitude list, like Elena is always like one of the first things that I put because like friendships like that are so rare to have, especially because there is just like so much noise and like so much like superficiality in the world that it's hard to have friends. And, the older you get, either the more picky you become about like who you invest your time with or like there are just certain friendships that you just like outgrow. But Elena is always like a constant. And so that's like one thing that I can say that I'm really proud of having is a, an amazing friendship, family relationship with her. Some friendships are kind of like circumstantial, like you're in the same job or you're like in the same program at school, XYZ. At least for me, how I realized that as I've gotten older, I have less like big groups of friends. I have like isolated people that I've met throughout my life and they don't know each other, but they, <laughs> they know me. And I think especially I relate to what you said about being picky where it's like you know there's a difference between being nice to everyone being friends with everyone and then being like very close friends and best friends and i think like also as i've gotten older i've just gotten picky where it's just like well because everything is like a every relationship whether it's like perfectly healthy or like if it's unfortunately toxic it it takes part of your essence and it takes part of your energy. So I think just being, I think part of getting older is just like realizing that you have the right to be selective with your energy. And I, I'm always happy to invest my energy in this friendship because you're an immaculate person, we obviously, but, but the listeners already know that. So that, that part I didn't have to say explicitly. This is the end of our 
first episode, should we talk about like what we're going to talk about in the next episode or should we leave that a mystery? Oh, we can talk about what our next episode is because that one is, is organized in the schedule. So our next episode is going to be about Encanto, which finally Disney got its ducks in a row and made a gorgeous movie about our people. I was literally, literally, I, I caught myself crying over an, an animated arepa. And I was like, that's what did it for me. Like the animated, our food animated sent me. Like Amazing. <laughs> We're going to have to talk yes. about it in the next episode. But, our episode um, two is yeah. going to be about Encanto. I'll probably do a rewatch just so that it's fresh in my brain again. And how proud we are of our being Colombian. So proud. So proud. So proud. But yeah, so that's going to be our next episode. Please follow us on Instagram. And if you want to send us an email, our email's there. We also have a Discord, which is exciting so that, you know, the community can talk to one another. And we also have a special thanks. Shout out David. His Discord is Foxtrot's Den TTV. If you guys are interested in gaming, streams on there on Thursdays and Tuesdays at 7 Central for about two hours. And sometimes he does like stuff in Adobe. He's very talented. And shout out to Vane for, for lending him to us. Thank you. Um, if you guys want to follow Vane, Vane is also a content creator. Her handle is Vanna's Joyful Life on YouTube and on Instagram. And if you guys want to hear hear more about me, my YouTube channel is Diamante Maria. And you guys can watch some of the craziness of my life on there yes. as well. I am less active on social media, but if you just look up Helena Palmieri, you'll find it. But exactly. But I'm not I'm just just go follow the Amante. She's she's way more interesting on social media than I am. But maybe in the next episode, I could put our little like handles at the bottom of our frame or something. Yeah, that would be probably very helpful in case you want to follow us. But yeah, and I think we'll be more active within the next couple weeks on like the podcast Instagram. Yeah. Like you'll be able to see more of us, especially because. There are exciting events that we're not going to disclose yet that are coming up within the next few weeks. Yes. And so the content is going to be fire. Oh, yeah. To say the least. Fire flames. I'm looking forward to the next episode. We thank you all for listening and hearing us chat for a little bit. Yeah. Thank you, amiguitas. And see you for episode two. And this is a wrap on this one. Bye. Yay.